I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you, as always, on Inside Sources. And we will be with you all the way till 3 o'clock today. So stick with us. We've got a lot of ground to cover. And we're going to go live now to Washington, D.C., to the State Department. Kelsey Dallas uh, from the Deseret News joins us live. Uh, she is back there uh, at uh, an event that features uh, Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo. Sam Brownback uh, is there as well. And it is the Ministerial to Advance Religious Freedom. And, uh, Kelsey, thanks for stepping out and talking to us today. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So give us a little uh, update. What is the what is the purpose of this particular uh, conference? Again, back at the State Department, uh, this is this is a, a significant meeting. Yes, yeah, so the, mysteri- the ministerial has a couple different roles. I think a basic one is just to educate folks who participate and make sure everyone's on the same page about what's happening around the world to people of faith. And then there's also this call to action element, which is everybody's in the same room here from more than 100 different countries. Let's do a better job on religious freedom and sort of make an action plan moving forward. Okay, so so that's a lot of countries. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and and the interesting thing, break this down for us, uh, because it's so easy for us, especially here in Utah and, and really around the United States to think, oh, we we have religious liberty. Everybody doesn't everybody get that these days. Uh, what What's the reality in terms of uh, religious freedom around the world today? Well, I believe your listeners have heard me say before, more than 80% of the world's population lives in a religiously restrictive environment. And so that might mean that the government is policing certain beliefs or keeping a record of when churches worship or just social pressures to sort of believe a certain way or act a certain way. And there's a new Pew Research in a report that just came out yesterday that talks about how religious restrictions have actually risen over the last 10 years, even as more countries, including the U.S., have tried to boost religious freedom. So, so give me some more insight on the the Pew Research data. So, so they're actually showing then that we not only have we not advanced in terms of expanding religious freedom around the world, we've actually taken a step back. Is that where we are? Yes, and that's what I think you're getting at when you say that it might be shocking to people in the U.S. because. We do have some tragic incidents, like last year's shooting at the Pittsburgh Synagogue, but I don't think we understand sort of what is going on around the world and the fact that so many millions of people um, can't worship the way they want to worship. Yeah, that, and that's so interesting, and, and how that actually impacts uh, society as a whole. Uh, we know that here in uh, Salt Lake City we'll be hosting uh, the UN uh, Civil Society Conference coming up here at the end of August. 
Uh, and it's uh, one of those things where in so many countries, again, if you don't have that religious liberty component, uh, civil society also uh, struggles a little bit, too, in terms of being able to advance. Yes, many of the speakers at today's ministerial events have talked about how religious freedom is really this baseline protection that makes so many other things possible. So it's not only like you're talking about service, outreach to others. It could be something like economic growth, because people are sort of not free to live out their beliefs. So I think everyone here really thinks of religious freedom as something we need to get right in order for a bunch of other things to become possible. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, as, as you're back there with these uh, people from uh, all these different countries and, uh, you know, being led by the United States, of course, um, th- this is not about promoting necessarily a particular religion or uh, any of those kinds of things. This is more about just making sure there's that baseline ability for someone to take their beliefs with them into the public square. Yeah, so I think people here are, uh, many of them at least, are very strong believers in some faith. A lot of different speakers we've had are Christian or Muslim or Jewish so far, but they want to be supporting religious freedom for everyone. And Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, as well as Sam Brownback, who leads our international religious freedom efforts from the State Department, were very careful to emphasize that in both of their remarks, that this is about religious freedom to believe whatever you want to believe and maybe to believe nothing at all. Okay. Uh, anything else from uh, Secretary of State Pompeo? I think that's uh, significant that he's there, that he spoke uh, this morning to the group. Uh, anything else that he mentioned that was uh, noteworthy today? My impression from him is that this is a very personal issue for him, that he cares deeply that this event is taking place, even if his schedule only allows him to sort of pop in for opening remarks each day. Um, and he mentioned that his new effort, this commission um, on inalienable rights, uh, he wants it to be informed by this type of discussion that he takes religious freedom seriously as a first freedom and wants to see it protected around the world. Oh, fantastic. If you're just joining us, we have uh, Kelsey Dallas from the Deseret News is joining us live from the State Department today, uh, the Ministerial uh, for the Advancement of uh, Religious Freedom. Uh, conference is going on back there. Uh, as Kelsey has mentioned, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo addressed the group this morning. Uh, Sam Brownback, who really, who leads the religious liberty effort there uh, for the State Department, uh, is a, a key player there as well. Uh, Kelsey, you've you've attended many of these meetings uh, around the world. You were in Tokyo uh, just last month for the uh, G20 Interfaith Forum. How does this compare mm-hmm. to some of the other international uh, events as it as it relates to religious freedom and and the role of religion in religious people uh, in society. Well, as you might imagine, the conversations take on uh, sort of a deeper level of seriousness or a heavier weight when it's um, government officials like Mike Pompeo leading them. Um, obviously, you can get folks in the same room who are experts on religious freedom who work at civil society organizations or religious leaders themselves, and it's an important, inspiring moment. But when it's actually government officials having the conversation, it just feels like there's more power to change the world, um, because these are the folks who are going to be meeting with President Trump, with other nation leaders, and really having serious discussions about how to move forward. Okay, very good. Uh, anything else we should be watching for? I know uh, you'll be doing some reporting uh, on the uh, pages of the Deseret News and DeseretNews.com uh, on this. Any other early takeaways? I know you're still early on in the event. Uh, anything else we should be watching or, or aware of? I think it's interesting. 
interesting to watch how this conversation plays out amid some of the other debates happening in U.S. politics this week. So I was at a reception last night that was sort of affiliated with the ministerial, and one of the, the congresswomen who spoke uh, talked about how we need to remember our religious freedom commitments at the southern border as we continue to debate mm. sort of migrants coming into the U.S. What does it mean to try to protect their religious freedom? And if she didn't necessarily offer a solution, it was just to remember that if we're going to support religious freedom in one place, we need to apply it consistently across sort of all of our governmental initiatives. Oh, that's really fascinating, uh, because I, I think that's something that's sort of getting lost, uh, particularly at the southern border. Uh, and we had the president today, of course, announcing uh, changes to the asylum uh, rules mm-hmm. and laws. Uh, here in the United States. And, and obviously there has been some abuse of the asylum uh, protections uh, for those coming across the border. But in many cases, those who really are uh, entitled to that asylum are those who have been persecuted for their religious beliefs. There's a lot of tension around that, um, both at the southern border and then just the refugee crisis in general around the world, because a lot of the speakers at this ministerial want to talk about making conditions better um, in Iraq, for example, for refugees to return home or remain in their own countries instead of being offered sort of a new life in America, that it's saying that's what we should rally around is keeping people in their own homeland because that's where they want to be. So I think that is just this real tension of, does the U.S. need to open our country to more people, or is it better just to put our aid dollars and our focus on keeping people in safer places um, in their homeland? Yeah, that's, uh, that is all just fascinating, and that uh, debate will continue, and we will follow along closely uh, as you continue back there in Washington, D.C. Kelsey Dallas from the Deseret News, thanks for joining us and for uh, stepping out uh, during your critical break there at the State Department uh, <laughs> to talk to us today. All right. That's Kelsey Dallas again from the Deseret News. Uh, does just a uh, fabulous job uh, for all of us uh, in really putting some perspective on religious liberty and what's happening there. Uh, I do th- I do find it just fascinating uh, that, uh, you know, you've got people like Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, who are taking time to really weigh in on on this from a, a real uh, cross section and a wide range uh, of issues. Uh, we talked about asylum. We talked about refugees. We talked about civil society and creating upward mobility uh, and the role that uh, people of faith can play in all of those, not just here in America, but around the world. Uh, and so often we do uh, take those things for granted. Uh, and uh, this is just uh, one of those opportunities, unique opportunities, where again, I think uh, America can lead out in a unique way around the world in terms of uh, making sure that those freedoms are protected. Uh, I'm still always uh, amazed at the statistic that uh, 80% of the world lives under some form of religious restriction, whether that's monitoring, whether that's checking, whether that's outright persecution uh, or or prohibition uh, on religious belief and religious uh, institutions and organizations. And so uh, that's always an issue that's going to be one that fascinates me and one that I think is important uh, because as uh, one of my favorite speeches that I've heard in the last couple of years uh, was from uh, a, a rabbi who talked about this uh, uh, this idea of taking our faith with us out into the public square. And uh, Rabbi Soloviechek, uh, who was the uh, Canterbury gold medal winner uh, from last year, 2018, uh, in his acceptance speech uh, at the Beckett Fund, uh, shared this idea that uh, originally the the menorah 
candles that we all recognize uh, during those holiday seasons, that they were originally placed outside the window, not inside, outside, as a reminder that you take your faith with you into the public square. Uh, we've talked to people uh, like Sue uh, Warnicky down at uh, Salesforce, who's uh, Salesforce.com has recognized faith as a dimension of diversity in their workforce, and they celebrate that. Uh, all kinds of religious belief, and they're doing some really extraordinary things. We need to check in with Sue uh, before uh, we get out of the week here. Uh, really interesting things going on there. All right, so that's going to wrap up our uh, connection there to uh, Washington, D.C. When we come back, uh, we're going to pick up our conversation uh, with what's going on with the president in Washington, D.C., a uh, host of other uh, topics coming up over the next couple of hours until 3 o'clock. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.